All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the new episode of the Dreamers podcast. Today, I have a visual effects artist and director, uh, Alex Constante. If you want to kind of introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit more about you. For sure. Hey, uh, I'm Alex Constante. Um, I'm a digital artist based out of Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, my work ranges from music videos to live EDM visuals to Game Boy games. Awesome, awesome. And we'll dive into more of those uh, topics, especially the Game Boy game uh, here later. Um, but I guess if you want to kind of start um, talking about your artistic journey, like even as a kid and how you kind of got to uh, the place you are now. For sure. Yes. Yeah. So I've always kind of been into art. I would say like the thing that like first got me into art is probably like old Cartoon Network shows, like first of all, Dexter's Lab. When I saw mm -hmm. that show, I was obsessed with the idea of like being an inventor. So I feel like that was like <laughs> the first spark. And then um, shows like Ed, Ed and Eddie and uh, Codename Kids Next Door, because like mm -hmm. in both those, like I remember there's this one episode of Ed, Ed and Eddie where like they want to go see this R-rated movie, but they can't because they're too young. So they like mm -hmm. they act out the movie in a junkyard and they're wearing this mm -hmm. armor made out of like pots and pans and like random garbage and then in like kids mm -hmm. next door it's like they have all these gadgets they made from household items they have like mm -hmm. a satellite made out of like a trash can and a colander so just like the idea mm -hmm. of like taking like random trash and like forming it together to create something that's probably what kind of got like my imagination turning um like growing up i was obsessed with like bionicle and i love the idea <laughs> that it was like you know physical toys that also have a movie uh, games comic books and books and then um so yeah i just kind of was just always kind of building stuff uh, i would say in elementary school i started making like little paper toys so i kind of got into like paper crafts mm -hmm. so i would design little characters in like microsoft word then print them out, cut them, and fold them. So I'd make like my own paper airplanes with like custom graphics. Uh, in middle school, I got really into like pop-up cards. So I used to you know design these little cards that would have like custom designs and like people and stuff. Uh, I remember what got me into film. Like I've always been into film. Like I saw Alien when I was like six years old and was just like obsessed <laughs> with it. Um, I'd say like what really funnily got me into film is like iCarly just the idea of like these are kids but they're able to create their own tv show just using accessible technology and that made me realize like mm -hmm. oh shit I don't need to like go to a movie studio I can go on like windows movie maker and make something mm -hmm. uh, in seventh grade I was like just scrolling around on youtube and I found this channel called indie mogul and they had this series mm -hmm. called backyard effects where they teach you how to make crazy props out of stuff from home so like I think like the first one I saw, they made like the BFG 9000 from Doom. And it was like, they had like a CD, they had like a stat, what do you call it? Like those, um, those CD shelves that are like real tall, like yeah, pick yeah, one of yeah. those and then like glued a bunch of like water bottles and like thermoses <laughs> to it. And like, they took like some old like gun toy, like cut it and attached it to the bottom, like spray painted it. So I got like mm -hmm. obsessed with that. And like, I was making props all the time. Like I made this like Gatling gun arm that was like an electric screwdriver with like um so like like i took like shipping tubes and made gatling tubes and then like the it was like attached to like a skateboard wheel which was spun by a um, electric screwdriver with uh like grip tape on the tip so mm -hmm. i was always just like making stuff and then through that i found out what mm -hmm. after effects was 
Uh, so in seventh grade, I downloaded a free trial of After Effects and started like messing around with visual effects. Basically, like any time there's a project in school where we were allowed to do whatever we wanted, I would always try to make like a film project of some sort and like teach myself mm-hmm. the tools. Like the first like music video I made was in like seventh grade in my social studies class. We were learning about like the Mesopotamian period and like mm-hmm. I was assigned with like making a video about like Mesopotamian religion. So I like bought like a Pope costume, like bought my first green screen <laughs> and like took like <laughs> black eyed peas, like boom, boom, pow and like mm-hmm. recorded like my own version of it, but like talking about like Mesopotamian religion. So that was like my mm-hmm. first like music video project. Um, in high school, I kind of got into like recording my own music. So like I played in a bunch of bands. Um, like I spent like every day in like Logic Pro. Um, yeah, also in like middle school, I really got into like Newgrounds and Flash animation. Mm-hmm. So um, like I downloaded Flash, I'd make little cartoons of like, like teachers I didn't like or like my friends and stuff like I tried to make a game but I could never like figure out like the coding part of it like Mm -hmm. I made like a platformer game in like seventh grade but I couldn't figure out how to like make enemies or like a health bar um and then when I graduated high so like oh yeah in high school I also did some like 48 hour film projects that kind of like you know got me into like working with my friends and like making stuff and then um when I graduated high school, I went to college for engineering because like I was just caught up in the idea like I can't make a living as an artist. Like I want to make money. I want to make six figures no matter what. So, you know, mm-hmm. I went to school for engineering and I ended up like flunking out out of my first year because like instead of doing my homework, I was going to I was going to events and like trying to meet promoters and like being like, "Hey, can I record your uh can I record your events? I'll do it for free. And then, you know, the next one I'll charge you 300 bucks. So, mm-hmm. you know, I started recording a bunch of events and like doing short films and stuff. Um, I like, Oh yeah. Also like right after I graduated, I, um, I placed in this like film competition called the uh, international youth silent film festival. And, um, and like basically everyone who placed got to go to Portland, Oregon and like meet all these people and like tour these studios and like through doing that mm-hmm. like seeing what i was doing on like a grand scale like kind of kind of made me realize like damn like this is just like engineering like the technology that goes behind it like we toured um this one dude's studio his name's uh michael curry he designed like the um if you've ever been to um universal studios he designed like the uh like the big transformers suits that the people walked mm-hmm. in he designed mm-hmm. like the um the mech suits that are in like avatar world at disney and like seeing this dude who like grew up with like a creative background in like an amish community who didn't have access to technology and now seeing him mm-hmm. in this giant studio like using all this cutting edge tech like carbon fiber materials and shit i was just like damn like like i like just walking through this stuff like getting chills the whole time realizing like damn i can do this at a bigger scale and like i gotta mm-hmm. spend an afternoon with um with a tr- with a director and producer uh, for like Transformers and X Men and just like picking his brain about like storytelling and like you know like the monomyth like the um, like the power of myth and like comparative mythology throughout film like kind of made me realize like damn like I could I could do this as a career like this is like a you know big thing like you know I don't have to be a starving artist for my whole life like this could be me one day so that kind of made me realize like maybe I do have a shot at this. And then, um, you know, I ended up flunking out of 
college with like a 1.3 GPA because I was, you know, not doing any of my homework, just working on film stuff. And then Mm -hmm. after I flunked out, like literally I signed a lease for like a year in Cincinnati. And right after I signed the lease, I found out that I got kicked out of college. I was like, shit, I don't know what to do. So like I lied to my parents, told them I was still in school. And I was like, I still have to find a way to like financially support myself because now I'm not getting student loans anymore. Cause like, mm-hmm. all of my expenses were paid from student loans. So like I went onto eBay, I bought like a $40 used projector and I started going to like, uh, like small clubs and like talking to the promoters like, Hey, I see that you guys have like these live visuals. I'd love to come out one time and just like, you know, just try my shot at it. And so like, you know, while I was out of college, I was doing all of these events where I would like, Basically, I would take like the artist's logo or like a title that I would design and I'd project it on like a big foam board, like trace it and then cut it out mm-hmm. with an X-Acto knife, like duct tape it to the wall in the venues and project onto it. So it looks like this like big like neon sign, with like animation and stuff. And so like I kept doing that for a while. And then eventually like me and my buddies, we like formed this small collective and started shooting music videos. And then like that, as well as the live visual stuff kind of took off. Like I started, you know, doing visuals on like actual LED walls. Like I no longer needed a projector and the music video stuff started to kind of take off. And I've just been kind of like running with it ever since. See, I mean, that's awesome. It's really cool to kind of see that whole journey. Um, And I really liked how you mentioned cartoons because I mean, you know, a lot of people might not really think about that, but how Dexter... Uh, Dexter's Laboratory made you want to invent things and like Ed and Eddie was one of my favorite shows growing up so yeah seeing all the creative ways Eddie would you know try to scam people and all <laughs> exactly. the all the stuff um <clears throat> like it, it's cool that that was able to influence you uh in that way um and then yeah I saw you uh I think you have a TikTok and, and you kind of walk through that whole process of how you did the projector yeah and, like cutting out the letters and that was so cool to see that because like I never even would have would have thought of that and then the final product uh just looks so cool and that's awesome to see how it was you know uh just kind of a hey let me shoot my shot um and then like you said going to events and talking to people and how uh important that that can be just being like hey let me do something for free and then that can turn into a paid gig and then they can refer you to other people and how that can just snowball and snowball um so that's really cool that you mentioned that process absolutely um and I mean, you talked about film, uh, and I know you do a lot of music videos, directing, visual effects and stuff. Um, is film, uh, whether it be short film or even longer, is that something you want to dive into more in the future? Absolutely. Yeah, like my like end life goal, like if money wasn't an issue, like if I had a million dollars in the bank right now, like I would go make a feature film. Like, you know, like my first love was definitely like cartoons. So like, you know, I've always, I was always, I've always wanted to have my own like animated show or something. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, film, like, narrative film, that's definitely, like, my end goal. Like, I'd love to direct, like, sci-fi blockbusters. Like, I know that's, like, extremely ambitious, but, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like, I I feel like, you know, we live in a society today where someone could go and produce that on their own without the help of a studio. But, yeah, it's just, like, I like music videos because there's, like, a, like a few-week to three-month turnaround for them. Whereas like a film, mm. it takes years and years of development. You have to bring people on board. Like that's definitely the end goal. And also like, you know, I definitely want to move into more narrative stuff. Cause like, to me, what I love about film is like the whole like 
seeing a character's journey, like I'll be like really depressed and then I'll go watch a movie and like seeing like that main character, like go through hardships, then overcome it. Like that to me, like, I don't know, like makes me excited about life again. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, like that, you know, that's what I'd love to do. It's just, you know, it's a long journey before I get there. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a complicated process, even with a short film, um, <clears throat> regardless of its, you know, in-person animation. Um, but that's cool that, I mean, you want to do a uh, sci-fi blockbuster, <laughs> and even though it is ambitious, I mean, that's still super cool um, and something that a lot, a lot of people might not think about, you know, the first thing or, you know, one of the things that they want to do because it's so ambitious. For sure. Um, but I think that's really cool to kind of strive for. Um and then, I mean, a lot of what you do now seems to be with like visual effects and stuff. Um, so if you want to kind of talk about how you got um, interested in that, I mean, you talked about getting after effects in like seventh grade and kind of working on it over time. Um, but if you can kind of talk about what drew you to working on that and talk about um, the plethora of platforms, because going through some of your TikToks, it seems like you use all kinds of different programs and software to kind of help you um, create your vision. Yeah, absolutely. So I've always kind of been into like illusions. Like I never really got into magic, but like, like Arthur, Arthur Clark, he has this quote. It's like any sufficiently developed technology is indistinguishable from magic. And it's just Mm -hmm. like this idea of like, like, you know, the fact that like I went to school as an engineer starting out and, you know, growing up, I wanted to be an inventor, but also like, you know, at my core, I'm an artist and like visual effects, like ties those two things together and it's just like I love like the problem solving aspect of it where it's like, you know, I can I can do this with just my iPhone. Um, yeah, I've always just kind of like I think like, you know, building the props is kind of like what got me into it. Like, you know, I used to kind of play around with practical effects. Like uh, I think like the first like video project I did was like I was in like fifth or sixth grade and it was like st- it was like soldier versus ninja or something. It was like me and my neighbor and like, I like grabbed like flower and like shook it around and then like ran out and then like did a cut. So it was kind of like in Naruto and they like disappear into a puff of smoke, like uh-huh. stuff like that. Um, yeah. I think like, like I remember I would watch like movies like alien and then I would, or like alien versus predator. And then like in the DVD, they'd have like the bonus content. I'd watch how they do it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Whoa, like this is actually like doable. But, uh, yeah, I think like, I'm like, I'm like really lucky because like in seventh grade, there was this teacher at my school who, um, she took like one of the, um, she took like this utility closet that no one was using and just like painted the wall green. So like our school had this green screen in it. So I was like, oh shit, like I'm going to like mess around with this, see what I can do. And like. I started experimenting with that and just realizing like all the endless possibilities. Like I did this one project where uh, I did like, like human tech deck where like I would make these little like tech deck ramps out of like pencils Mm -hmm. and books and stuff. And then like, I took like a, like a tech deck and put it on like a little like metal wire and like held it in front of my computer screen and like twist it to do the tricks. Then I would like Mm -hmm. stand on the green screen, pretend to do the tricks and then like put all that together and like make it look like I'm like a little mini person who accidentally shrunk myself, mm-hmm. like doing tricks and stuff. But yeah, no, I just like the, just like the, the engineering side of it. Like I just love the idea of like having a problem and trying to find out the solution. Like a lot of times when I shoot a music video, like I don't think, 
I don't really think about like, I want to do this and here's how I can do it. It's kind of like, well, it's, it's not like I, um, like if I come up with an idea, it's like the end project in mind. I'll go and shoot it and then figure out how to do it like after the fact. So it's just mm-hmm. like, I don't know, just like solving problems. That's kind of what got me into it. And then like on some like weird shit, it's like, I feel like every artist has this like weird inner desire to kind of like become like a God of some sort. And it's like just the idea of like creating stuff that's like seemingly impossible. Like, I don't know. It, it makes me feel like some sort of like, like, I don't know, like, like God figure or some shit. Like I'm like creating these like mini mm-hmm. universes, like on my computer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's one of the first things that drew me to you. When I found one of your TikToks a few months ago, it just popped up on my screen and I'm not sure exactly which one it was. It might've been for the, uh, the music video donor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I think you posted a few with those, but then I looked at your profile and like saw all your stuff and, a lot of it's kind of like behind the scenes or like a tutorial as kind of show how you made it. Um, like there's one where you bought a treadmill off <laughs> Craigslist, painted it green yeah. and used that so you could have running effects. And then you just had like a green screen cloth in the background. And then, you know, everything else was like pretty much all done on the computer, but you made like a fully animated music video with uh, the musician inside the world. And like you said, it was kind of like a mini universe exactly. to kind of show how you use the different programs and everything to use that was uh, really cool. And I really like, you know, being able to see the behind the scenes because, you know, for a lot of people, it seems pretty daunting to do all the different stuff, learn those programs. Um, But I like how you said you just kind of more focus on your vision and what you want to do. And then just figure it out later because, you know, even if it doesn't turn out exactly how you thought, there's probably some way to do, uh, you know, what you originally had in mind. So that's awesome. I guess with uh, some of those programs, I mean, just going through some of your TikToks, you listed off like several different ones, um, but are there any, I guess, either tips or programs that you recommend that people maybe don't use very often that they should um, or anything uh, related to that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, as far as like program, like, like After Effects is like, if you want to get into visual effects, like After Effects is the main go. Like Mm -hmm. it does, like it's something that everyone uses, but like, if you want to get into visual effects, my recommendation is to look up how to make someone get hit by a moving car. Cause like, that was like one of the first things I tried doing. And like through that, like I learned all the tools or like all of like the different approaches. So like, you know, if you want to make someone get hit by a car, it's like you film them like walking into the street, get a plate shot with nothing in it and then film a car Mm -hmm. going by. Then like in the editing program, like, you know, cutting yourself out, and like moving you with the car that makes you realize like oh shit this is like a lot of these effects is like taking a plate which is like a background with nothing in it and then mm-hmm. putting a person in front of it and then just kind of like stitching it together and it was like like learning that you kind of realize like this is just like taking pieces of paper and like stacking them and like cutting them out mm-hmm. so like you know through doing that like that'll teach you like all of the uh that'll teach you like all of the main tips like like masking rotoscoping um, if you wanted to get into 3d, like blender is the go-to, like, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I use cinema 4d, but like, I wish I used blender. Like I, I do want to switch into that eventually mm-hmm. because like cinema 4d is just so expensive. Uh, blender has really good, like hair and fluid dynamics that would crash your computer if you use cinema 4d and it's free, like it's mm-hmm. open source. So there's always people like adding to it. Like blender is like 
the best tool in my opinion for 3d um if you if you want to get into any like live stuff it's kind of pricey but like resolume is a really sick software that's what i use for all of my shows that i run mm-hmm. visuals for and they also like it's it's basically what they use for like any big arena show like any sh- a live show you go to mm-hmm. with like big jumbotrons and shit like they're all using resolume and it's really cool. Like if you're into like DJing at all or like, you know, Ableton Live, it's literally like if you took like DJ software and then like Premiere and like mash them together. Because it's like, you know, you have like clips, you can layer them, you can like adjust mm-hmm. all the effects in real time and use MIDI to like map every effect, like a different knob. Um, there's like time mapping. So like, let's say you have like a clip of something like banging its head and it's like eight beats. You can like go into the software and be like, this has eight beats in it. And then you have like a little metronome tap thing. So you can like tap it to the beat and all of a sudden your visual is like in perfect sync with the music. So like that's like a super powerful software that, you know, anyone interested in live visuals to should look into. But uh, yeah, I think, I think that's like the main software. Um, if you want to get into making games, uh, GB studio is free, super easy to use. And what's really cool is like, you know, it's created for like Game Boy hardware, but like, you can also export your games as like, I think it's like a JavaScript file mm-hmm. that you can like embed into a website. So like if, you know, like growing up, I was obsessed with like the Cartoon Network games website. So like if you want to do something like that, like mm-hmm. you can do that in this software. It's like super easy to learn. It's all 8-bit pixel based and in like the final output you could play on your phone or on a website. So if you're interested in game making, like I highly recommend checking out GD Studio. So yeah, sweet. Um, I'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, but yeah, I was, one of the questions I was going to ask was kind of why uh, it seemed like you use Cinema 4D a lot um, compared to Blender, which is what I know a lot of my listeners and a lot of other artists that I know. So yeah, I was going to kind of ask about that. But it's you know even it seems like you, even though that's not what you mainly use, that's still kind of what you recommend. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, Blender's free, open source. So I mean, yeah, that's something I started getting into at the beginning of the year and then kind of put it off to the side with school and just filming other content but hopefully during this summer i want to kind of get uh more back into that and then as well as after effects because uh, i know how to handle myself with premiere and photoshop decently but the like one time i tried to use after effects it was it was a little bit daunting but <laughs> i i made like a little audio visualizer following a tutorial and it worked and i got it to be fine but um, that's something i definitely want to dive into more is after effects because yeah like you said it's like the king it's like the visual effects platform. Absolutely. Um, uh, and then I kind of mentioned earlier, you made like a lot of your TikToks are kind of like behind the scenes or like tutorial-esque content. Um, is that something you want to uh, do more in the future? Oh yeah, absolutely. So like the way I look at it, I mean, I, you know, I went to like a, I went to a semester of community college for film, but this was like, you know, already, I was already doing all this stuff and like, I I did like a semester then like halfway through I was like I'm not learning anything so I just dropped out and so like you know everything I've done like visual effects and film related like I that's all self-taught and like the way I look at it is I learned everything I know from free resources that generous people share on the internet so if I'm going to like build my entire career using tools that came from a place of generosity like I have to reciprocate that so you know Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like for like example, like GB Studio, like I made a game and like sold it, but that software is like free and it's like, I have to, 
you know, I have to like, you know, put back into that community. So it's like, you know, I'm using a free resource. So I want to offer my own like free resources. And like, mm-hmm. and I think that like, you know, not to get too deep on the whole, like, like uh, education system, but like a lot of, I feel like a lot of tools are like, I don't want to say gatekept, but like there is this like general idea, like, oh, you have to like pay this major institution to like learn this stuff. And like, I want people to mm-hmm. understand that like, you know, there's all these free resources available and like, you know, I want to help people like, you know, get into that and like learn stuff. And also just, you know, for me personally, like, you know, like doing creative shit and making art, like that to me is like what gives my life meaning. And I want like other people to like be able to do that if they want to, like, I want to inspire other people to start doing that. Like, you know, I like, you know, watching like indie mogul, like their backyard effects stuff, like that got me into film. And now that's like my whole career path. And, um, you know, like I, I don't believe in gatekeeping. Like I know that like there's a lot of artists who are like, Oh, I don't want to share the tools. Cause then you like run off with my sauce, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's not the tool. It's the application. It's like, if, if in one sentence I can tell you how to do everything that I do, then like, I'm not really doing anything that innovative. So it's like, I don't like believe in the idea of like gatekeeping, like secret sauce or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, like I've, you know, there's been numerous times where I've like, you know, developed a style that I haven't seen before and then someone else does it and it gets more views and like, you know, yeah, every now and then it's annoying, but like my mentality is like every single project I do, I try to approach with a different style, develop something new specifically for that project. So it's like, if people are going to, you know, copy my style, like by the time they've copied it, I've already moved on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I, ideally I I want to create like a platform that like basically tells you how I do everything. Like for example, like the donor video, I screen recorded like the entire process from start to finish. So I have like, I have like a hundred hour, I have a hundred hours of video recordings of the entire donor process from start to finish. Like literally Mm -hmm. at any time I'm working on that project, like on my computer, like I'm screen recording it. And like, you know, I don't want to release it all like right now, but like, my plan is to continue recording the process for everything I do. And then once I get to a point where I'm comfortable enough in my growth and like my position with my career, I'm just going to like create a website and be like, yo, check out this website. It has everything I've ever done and mm-hmm. how to do it. Like here's, here's your free college. Just take it and do whatever. And like <laughs> by that point I'll have moved on to whatever like the next step is in my career. So, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I definitely agree with you that, uh, I guess knowledge in itself should be open source. And I mean, there's so many uh, free resources and programs and, you know, program alternatives that people can use. Um, and so there might not be as many tutorials for this one certain software than there is for another, but um, it can probably do the same thing if you mess around with it for a long enough time. Exactly. And so that's really cool that, you know, you emphasize that importantness of, you uh, it being free and not having to go to college. Like I'm a college student right now for business. Um, And so, I mean, yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. Luckily I go to a more affordable school, but I mean, yeah, college is expensive. And, you know, if you are 18 years old or 17 years old and you don't know exactly what you do and you're like, "Uh, I'll do this. And then you, all of a sudden you're like 20 grand, 30 grand in debt. You, You know, you don't have to do that. And there's so many different ways um, like you said, with a ton of different resources. I mean, YouTube is college in a sense. Like there's so much, like I could 
become a professional, uh, you know, 3D modeler just using YouTube tutorials if I spent enough time and, you know, talk to people on forums and Discord and stuff. So I think that's really important that you touched on uh, how how many resources are available. And even though there may be some expensive software and stuff, there's probably a way you can do it um, to get around that, you know, without yeah. that certain software or course or something. So that's awesome. Yeah, And like, you know, I believe there's a lot of value in college. Like, like, you know, it's, it's funny because like what I do is so specialized that like, if you were to go to like a major university or college, like they're not going to teach you how to do the effects. They're going to teach you like how to use Premiere, how to set up a camera, all that stuff. Like if I wanted to learn like professional VFX, I would have to go to basically like a trade school. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I, I don't think like a lot of people like understand, like, you know, a lot of like film stuff is very specialized and, you know, I'm really like, I'm really happy. I went to that one year of college because through that, like I met a lot of people who like, I still work with to this day. And like, you know, there's like this huge value in being in a community where everyone around you is the same age, chasing the same goal. Like it builds a network for you that becomes mm-hmm. lifelong friends. And like, I'm lucky that like, even though I like flunked out of college, like I still lived in a college town. So I could still kind of get that like college experience and, be completely mm-hmm. honest like sometimes when i was bored i would just like sneak into a class and just like just sit in the background just like just mm-hmm. to learn something just like i don't know like i i miss, like i miss college like i like being on the campus like i love like the energy but like you know as far as for what i want to do like it's not the right resource for me mm-hmm. so yeah that sneaking into a class uh <laughs> i may be misremembering it but i think there's a story where like steve jobs um, like early on, like in either early Apple or like right before uh, he started Apple, he would sneak into uh, some like really nice college classes. And that's how he got interested in like typography. Oh, wow. And that's why like he put like like fonts and that were kind of so important to him early on. So I, I may be misremembering, but I'm pretty sure it's Steve Jobs and something like that. Um, so that's kind of funny how, you know, you're just like, ah, I'm bored. I'll just, <laughs> yeah. What's one more student in a chair? Exactly. Um, <clears throat> But then, uh, I mean, you've mentioned it a few times, but making a Game Boy game, that was something that when I saw your video and you kind of, again, walk through that whole process, um, that that's something that, you know, you would think you need a ton of experience, need to do all this kind of stuff. But, you know, you just, uh, that one program you mentioned, you just kind of started using that, messed around with it. And I mean, from what I saw, you made like a fully playable game based on that music video you directed, which is super cool. I mean, you even got the injector to put it on actual cartridges yeah which, I mean, that's just going the is. extra mile <laughs> which is just so cool so Thank if you, you kind of want to talk about i guess that process and what you know made you want to take on that challenge yeah, so like you know ever since i was a little kid like i've always wanted to make games like that, like when i was in like first grade like that was my dream job like i wanted to be a game developer when i grew up mm-hmm. so like you know, i got my first game boy when i was like i'm gonna guess like five years old or something like the first game I got was like Earthworm Jim, and like <laughs> I just, I just like I love like the um, I I just like I just think that like games are so cool and like it's funny because I feel like everyone has this like innate desire to like mythologize themselves. So like like when I was growing up, like I always like wanted to be like in a game or like like be like have my own action figure or something like i wanted to like see myself mm-hmm. in some po- form of like interactive media and so like you know eventually i was like oh 
I could put artists into these like games or like action figures and like, you know, mythologize them, make them like a physical like thing within some like some like interactive sense. But um, yeah, so like, you know, being a little kid, I was kind of dumb. Like I used to like make little like paper Game Boy games and like try to stick with my game. They won't play. I remember like <laughs> I, I think in like I think I was in like first grade or something like I used to like draw out little like platformer levels on um on like graph paper mm-hmm. and then in like i think at some point in elementary school i downloaded like game maker and i tried to make like a little like mini game on, on my computer like i think it was some like sonic the hedgehog shit with like <laughs> with like little chow characters mm-hmm. um but then like oh yeah i remember like I was obsessed with the Cartoon Network online games. Like I thought that was so cool. Like I always wanted to create mm-hmm. some sort of like mini game. Cause like I could go watch a show and then go online and like, you know, play little shockwave games and stuff. But, um, in like, you know, in middle school, I got obsessed with flash and like try to make flash games that didn't work out. And then like, I kind of like put it on the side. Like I always knew like at some point I want to make a game. Like I want to create some sort of like interactive media and then, like, um, I forget what exactly inspired it, but, like, I think I just, like, go- I was just, like, I just Googled, like, how to make a Game Boy game one day. Then I saw mm-hmm. this research, this, like, this whole, like, all these resources, and I'm, like, holy shit, this is actually, like, super easy to do. So, um, <laughs> so like, I downloaded the software, instantly, like, went on eBay, bought, like, a flash cart, bought, like, one of these things, and um, basically... Uh, the first thing I made, it was like my buddy Suicide Rascal. He just dropped an EP and um, I was, I wanted to figure out if I could like take that EP and like recreate it in 8-bit. So I would like, you know, listen through the songs and then like try to code them. Like literally if you go on a GB, St- GB Studios website, they have this like documentation page or if you spend less like a day just like reading through that whole thing, like it'll tell you how to do literally every single, every single step of the process. So, like, I made, like, just this one little test game that was just, like, five songs. And you just mm-hmm. press A to, like, cycle through the songs. And then um, I was like, oh, wow, I'm on to something. Like, I need to eventually make, like, a full game because this is, like, really cool. So, um, basically, for, like, the next, like, I guess, like, I don't know, like, five or six music videos, after we would make the music video, I'd make, like, a like an 8-bit version of the song. And then just, like, a little graphic of, like, the artist. And I would just make these little like fake games where it's just like the title screen with the song playing. And I would like post that on Instagram to like, to promote like each music video. Cause I thought like, Oh, maybe people will see this interact with it. And it'll like Mm -hmm. direct traffic to the, um, to the music video. And then um, when we shot the music video for boner, I was like, that it's like Sebi's whole brand, his image, like his fan base. I was like, I think this is like the perfect demographic and artist and image to like make a game for. Cause I was like waiting for that opportunity to make a full game. But like when we mm-hmm. shot that music video, I was like, this has to be it because like, you know, there were like different environments and stuff. I was, like there were some scenes where there were like crystal lakes and shit. And I'm like, Oh, this would be perfect for like a platform game. So like I made like the first like game. It was just, so this is like the first one we made and it, it's boner and it's like, eight levels long like i'm gonna be honest it's not that good of a game because like i hadn't figured out how to make like enemies that work that well so there's like there's no enemies it's just like a platformer with pitfalls and when you fall it restarts Mm -hmm. the level but then um 
And when you beat the game, it like has a QR code that brings you like this secret, like little VR experience. And it's also mm-hmm. like, like the comments on it, like because the video is only accessible to those who beat the game, it's kind of like the comments are kind of like a little like mini leaderboard where the people who like bought mm-hmm. the game can go in there. So we made 25 copies uh, sold out in like 40 minutes. And then, um, you know, there wasn't really much buzz. Like it was just kind of like we sold it and like that was that. And then like, mm-hmm. I think like a few weeks later, we were like, why don't we make a TikTok about this? Because, you know, this is kind of like, something that's like new that no one's really done before so we went and made like a tiktok about it and it just exploded and like all these people started hitting us up uh like i there were all these like like potential games that i was gonna do but none of them like kind of like worked out like you know mike shinoda from lincoln park reached out to us which is crazy because Mm -hmm. like hybrid theory was like the first hybrid theory was like the first album i ever bought and also like Growing up, I was like obsessed with Transformers. Transformers is another thing that like got me into VFX too. But um, mm-hmm. it is funny because in the Boner music video, there's a scene where Sebi t- is like half centaur, like a mechanical centaur, and then like transforms into a spaceship. So it's like there's mm-hmm. actual like Transformer in it. It was just like this like full circle thing. And then like, you know, that like really popped off and kind of like, you know, um, generated a good amount of buzz and then like a year later we decided to make a sequel to boner called donor because you know he just released a vv red so i did the the donor music video and i was like yeah this has to be a game because like the whole music video is in like this lava hellscape and like Mm -hmm. you know as a kid i was always obsessed with like the lava levels in the video game so i'm like i'm gonna make a game that's like all lava levels and then Mm -hmm. um at one point in the game i was like you know what, I have to like, I have to like one up it from like the last game. So I like, I designed like a little boss fight and I realized like, oh mm-hmm. shit, like it's not that difficult to make like actual bosses. So like through like making this new game, I learned so much about the process that like every single game I make from here on out is going to be like a whole nother league better than the last one. So yeah, so here's like the, here's the donor game I made. Um, it's cool, a cool little detail. There's like spot hollow just on the text. And, um, you know, just as like a joke, I made like a, like a 3d printed, like giant <laughs> version of it. Cause like, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to do this for every game I make. And then like one day I'm just going to have like a wall of just like all the games that I've mm. made. But, um, that'd be so sick. Yeah. I'm working on a couple games right now, but uh, I don't want to give like too much info about them because they're like super mm-hmm. exciting. But like one really cool thing I learned is like in making these games, you can like, uh, you can attach scripts to music events. So like you have like, you have like the music. So like, like when you make music on the Game Boy, you have to type in like each note of individually. So it's like this chart you have to be like this note, this instrument, this effect. So it's like this like hex code you have to put for every single note. But like in the newest version of GB studio, they added this thing where you can attach a script to like certain notes. So like once you hit like a certain note, it'll run like a, like a an event so this game that i'm like one of the games or both the games i'm working on right now there's boss fights but the boss's attack patterns are like in sync with the music so like right like when the song drops the boss like changes to a different phase and the attacks get harder Mm -hmm. so it's like you know like doing stuff doing games that are like in tandem with music projects it's like you have to listen to the music to understand like when the boss is going to attack next 
And uh, so, yeah, you know, I want to do some more stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think of anything else, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know that's. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I was going to say like, yeah. So this is like the the GBX cart by uh, Inside Gadget. So it's like a little USB port. And you literally just like put a flash cart into it and then like plug it into your computer and then you can just like write ROMs files to it. So that's like how I put the mm -hmm. games and like the physical cartridges. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's sick. I mean, that was, uh, <clears throat> I also wanted to be a game designer when I was young. Um, I think I tried to download game maker, but like barely messed with it. Cause it was a little confusing Very when I was confusing. like 11. <laughs> Um, uh, I was, I don't know. I tried different other little things, unity barely, but, um, uh, I mean, that was something I always wanted to get into and kind of like how you said, you've always wanted to be like in a video game or an action figure, like some sort of interactive medium. Um, I mean, yeah, that's definitely on my bucket list and something, whether it's, you know, a triple A game <laughs> or just a cool little indie game of course. Uh, or something that would be awesome. And then even when you mentioned how, uh, you can use that uh, the game you make in with GB Studio uh, and make it into like a JavaScript game, yeah, uh, and just put it on a website. I'm working on my Shopify site. Oh right hell now. yeah! I'm like, oh, could I could I like make just even if it's just like a little thing? I was like, oh, that would be so cool, you know, and to be able to show my gaming interest on the website and just do something like that. Um, so now I'm thinking like, oh, maybe I'll try to do that. And, uh, it'll probably be a little bit further down the line because um, I'm still working on like how to make a t-shirt and like get all that set up. But um, I mean, yeah, just you mentioning that made me uh, want to do that. It seems like the program and oh, yeah. the resources out there yeah, could definitely make that possible. Absolutely. Highly recommend GB Studio. Like that's, that's, it's funny that you mentioned like Shopify because like I had this idea. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it, but like I've always like loved the idea of like you go to like Chuck E. Cheese or like um, Dave and Buster's and like you use your tickets to like redeem prizes, but there's never mm -hmm. been a video game that gives you like an actual prize. So I had this idea where I want to like hard code like a unique code in every single game for like a future game where like after you beat mm -hmm. the game, it has like a little QR to bring you to like some secret Shopify website. Then it has codes that you can use to like get actual prizes. So then you could have like a like a little like trophy or medallion for the first person to beat the game. And you could have like gold, mm -hmm. silver, bronze, and like, you know, a little collectible shit that you only get if you buy the game and beat it. Or like if you beat the game on hard difficulty with no, with like not losing a single life, then you get like some sort of little trophy or something. So, I mean, yeah, that'd be super cool idea. Make it, you know, not just a fun little, you know, side thing, but make it interact with whatever you're doing. Um, and yeah, have people, you know, uh, engage them with you know having the, a specific reason for them to reach the game and you know try to get a high score or beat the game uh i think that's a really awesome idea absolutely um and then another thing i wanted to talk about is you've done a lot of the uh vfx and music video direction for the channel hive behind um if you kind of wanted to talk about how your relationship with them got started and kind of how that's been yeah so um way back in i think it was like 2017 uh me, my buddy Grant, and like a handful of uh, local artists, we formed this collective. It was called, at the time it was called Wake and Shake because uh, our buddy Grand Ace would like, like he would, uh, he, so we lived in Cincinnati and there were all these like UDFs, which is like United Dairy Farmers, like all over mm -hmm. Cincy. So like we'd like always meet up at like UDF and just get milkshakes. So we like had this brand, we called it Wake and Shake. And then, um, 
so it started out as like a little like music video collective where we would just like do music videos for all the artists. We threw this, like we threw this one show and, um, like Riley and Graydon were at the show and we met them. And then afterwards they interviewed us. And then, um, we just kind of like kept like a relationship after that. And, um, at some point we were like, okay, wake and shake. That's kind of like corny. Like we need to come up with something more Mm -hmm. serious. So we decided to rebrand to Apollo 18. So we were talking to, uh, to Riley about like helping us rebrand and like design, um, like new assets for it. So like, you know, he, re- he like created like little logos for us and assets. So we were kind of like playing around with the idea and then the collective kind of like, I don't want to say it fell apart, but like the artists just kept kind of doing their own thing. I mean like, well, we have this mm-hmm. platform, we have like five music videos on it. And then, um, you know, we were talking to Riley and he was like, why don't we just, he like, he did a uh, hive mind as like his thesis project for school. And he was like, why don't we just like, because they were doing interviews at the time. And he was like, why don't we just like combine the two brands together, like migrate to the music video channel and do music video content and like podcasts and interviews and stuff. So mm-hmm. we did that, you know, worked on a bunch of projects for a while. And I think you know, we were like pumping out content for like, you know, three or four years. And then it just like, it got to a point eventually where I was just like not feeling uh, creatively fulfilled and among some like other disagreements that like, I realized like in order for me to like pursue my own goals, like I needed to like, you know, part ways and focus on my own craft. So, you know, you know, we made some like really killer content, but like at a certain point I was like, I need to just like focus on my own stuff. And that like was best for Mm -hmm. both parties. But yeah, you know, I'm still kind of like doing the same thing. Just, you know, not as, not as frequently because I don't have, you know, I don't really have like a team anymore. It's just me like, you know, doing everything on my own, but you know, I'm trying to get back into gear. Like I want to start shooting music videos again. I just need to, you know, save up and get some equipment, but you know, that's the next step. Just getting back into shooting music videos. So, I mean, yeah, going through and looking at some of the, I guess, credits and videos you filmed, you've worked with, uh, I mean, obviously Sebi, who you mentioned, uh, big baby Gucci, Josiah Midwest, um, you know, and tons of other like rising and, you know, bigger artists. Um, so I'm curious, is there anybody that like you really want to work with in the future? Like someone, you know, whether it's a video or just any sort of collaboration, someone that you really want to work with? Yeah, for sure. Like, well, to be completely honest, like, gr- like, like at heart, I'm a huge metalhead. Like I grew up listening to metal and, you know, my style lends itself very well to hip hop and like hyper pop and stuff. And like, I've never really tried to create visual content for like metal artists. And that's like my biggest influence. And like, you know, I feel like that's more core to my identity. So like moving forward, I'd like to work with more metal artists, you know, experiment with more like aggressive, edgier, like type of uh, art. And um, to be honest, I'd love to work with Jack Harlow at some point, just on some Louisville shit, because it's funny. So like back in, um, you know, when I first started like doing film, like uh, commercially, it was like 2015. I just graduated high school, and me and like a buddy from class, Sam, um, we used to like film these like raves. For um, there used to be like these little mini raves that would happen around the city, mm-hmm. and um, we filmed one. And like one of the raves had like Jack Harlow performing. <laughs> it was like one of his first shows. So like I like. I have this like recap video somewhere on the internet where like I filmed Jack Harlow and stuff. So like, I would love to like one day, you know, work with him. Um, 
let me think. Uh, there's this there's this band called Omerta, which is really sick. It's like, I could, the only way I can describe it is like, how do I even describe this? It's like <laughs> new metal mixed with like J rock mixed with like breakbeat. Like it's just like this crazy clash of like Eastern Western pop mm-hmm. culture styles, and you know their music is really different. Like I hear that, I'm like, oh, this is like the future of like you know, aggressive music. So I'd, I'd love to work with them again or at some point I'm trying to think of other artists. Um, I love to work with dirty, Butt at some point because he has this very like punk aggressive style. And I feel like that would like, like there's this like new um, visual kind of style that I'm working on right now that I really want to experiment with. And I feel like it lends itself really well to his music. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, I'd also love to, you know, work more with like some fashion brands and streetwear, like, um, mm-hmm. you know, I have some ideas that I think would like lend itself really well to that. Um, as far as other artists, yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, like, I don't really like approach, like, I don't really like necessarily approach artists. I just kind mm-hmm. of like make my, I just keep making my own shit. And then like, artists that I already fuck with just like tend to reach out to me and mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, like I, I manifested this. So it's just kind <laughs> of like, you know, making stuff in like, I feel like if I just keep doing my own thing, like the artists I fuck with will reach out to me and then it'll just like happen naturally. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> and then, I mean, you kind of mentioned uh, there near the end, uh, some of the like working with fashion brands and kind of physical products, um, one of the things that you just dropped, uh, your little, I think it's knack knack, yeah. like little stunt, yeah. um, which I remember seeing that pop up on my screen, like, I don't know, a week or two ago. And I was like, wait a second. I had <laughs> like those, uh, you know, as a kid, like I probably have them in a box somewhere at my house. Um, and so that was so cool. Cause I mean, a lot of people, uh, make, you know, shirts or really cool figures and awesome stuff. But like, you know, I didn't even know that was something, you know, someone could just make. So if you kind of want to talk about you know, what inspired you to uh, make those um, and kind of how that create creation process went. Yeah, for sure. So knickknacks were like this old, like McDonald's toy from like 2002. Mm-hmm. And they're like these little like, like block characters, but like their center of balance is like perfect. So you can like stack them in any way, like hook their hands together and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't know. They're like, I, f- I feel like at the time they had like the potential to be like one of the biggest fads and then they just kind of like disappeared. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it's one of those like deep memories that people like won't remember them. But like once they see it, they're like, Oh shit. Like I kind of remember this, but I just like, this is weird, but like, I love like small cubes and stuff. Like I was always obsessed with like Rubik's cubes and like anything shaped like a cube that was small. Like I remember like, when I was like real little, like three, there was this restaurant I used to go to and they had these little like cube salt t- shakers. And I would go to like every table, take all the salt shakers and just like line them all up. <laughs> I don't know why, but um, no, I guess like after doing the Game Boy thing, I was just kind of thinking like, what's like some other nostalgia stuff that I could do that I could like turn into a collectible. And like, cause like, you know, I want to make toys, but the cost of, you know, manufacture that is so expensive mm-hmm. and like i'd have to learn CAD design it's just like this whole thing and then like doing the game boy games i was like this is literally just like a pre-existing thing with a sticker on it and so like i did some research and like apparently like 
like the trademark and all that stuff for knack knack expired <laughs> in like 2013. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hell yeah, I could do this and like not get sued. Mm-hmm. I can't, I don't know if there was like a single, like, I don't think there was like a single thing that like inspired it. I think I was just kind of like thinking about like, Oh, it was just weird. I was just like thinking about cubes and I was like, what were like cube type toys that mm-hmm. I liked? And I thought about knack knacks and I was like, Oh shit, I might be onto something. So, um, so like once I came up with the idea, I just started like stockpiling knack knacks. Like mm-hmm. anytime I'd have any money, like I would just go into eBay and I'd see like a deal for some like old knack knack toys. And like, I would just buy people's like entire <laughs> collections and I just started like hoarding them like a madman. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I have like 400 at this point. And then, um, like I like I thought like like basically after the Game Boy game, I was thinking what are other ways I can create like collectibles that tie into music videos, and um, you know I thought like oh knack knack would be sick because like I always want like at some point I want to do like a skateboard music video mm-hmm. like the character like like I don't know when I look at the knack knacks like I think of like a dude like posing on like a skateboard or a surfboard mm-hmm. so like at one point in the video I want to have like the artist turn into a knack knack on like a skateboard and start doing tricks mm-hmm. and then you can buy like that physical knack knack that's in the actual video mm-hmm. and then um so when i was working on like the the donor game basically i source all of the um i source all of the cartridges internationally and like when i bought them they're like this is expected to arrive in three weeks so you know i'm you know so when i sold the games i said allow five weeks for shipping and then, you know, I get this notification like three weeks later, like, oh, they're coming close. They're in the States. They'll be there soon. And they just never showed up. And then I was like, oh, fuck. Like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, do I order more and like waste the money? Like, what if I spend all this money ordering more and they show mm-hmm. up? Then, you know, I'm just like, you know, hurting my wallet. So like, I didn't know what to do. And then like people started messaging me like, hey, it's been five weeks. Where's the game? And I started like kind of like freaking out like shit, like. I feel bad for like letting all these people down. So I ended up like, you know, reordering the cartridges. The first one got lost in the mail. I ended up getting a refund and all that. But um, anyways, I was like, I have to like make it out to like everyone who bought these. Cause like, I feel so bad. These people waited so long. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait a second. Like I plan on doing these knack knack drops eventually. Like, why don't I just make like custom knack knacks of the three outfits that Sebi wears in the music video mm-hmm. and just include one with every single game. Cause that could kind of like, that would not only like promote like what I'm about to do, but also just kind of be like a, like a thank you for your patience type of gift. Mm-hmm. So I'm, so like before I shipped out the games, like I made these little like knack knacks of like Sebi. So like, you know, this is like the, this is the outfit he wears at the start of the music video. It's also what he wears in the boner music video. Mm-hmm. And then here's like the, the jacked Sebi, like there's a scene in the music video where he like flexes and his shirt rips mm-hmm. off. So there's that one. And then there's like a red one of him in his like red outfit. I just, I can't find it at the moment, but, um, it's like I made those and shipped them out. And, um, yeah. And then after that I was like, you know, I want to start making these on my own, but I just like wanted to do it. Like I was kind of like, I had this weird period where it's like, I want to start like creating stuff and like releasing products, but, I was like waiting for like the right brand name for the right collab, all this shit. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Why don't I just like do one on my own that is like tied to my identity and has to do with what I do. Mm-hmm. So I decided to make VFX snacks based off of um, like VFX characters. And like, you know, everyone, you know, there's been um, toys that have to do with like, you know, music and graphic design, but there's never really been any toys for like visual effects artists. And I feel like that's like this whole, 
you know, chunk of like the creative scene mm-hmm. that's like kind of on tap. So I, I created this. This is like my first drop, just like make my first like original design drop. And it's in like a, it's in a, a cassette case and it has like a lenticular hologram in it. Mm-hmm. Like, so I've always like been interested in like holograms and like lenticular prints. And I decided like, oh, this is the perfect opportunity because like, you know, like it starts out like you have like the person in the green screen suit mm-hmm. in front of the green screen, like you film them and then you load that into Blender and that's like the, um, that's like the rig that you like attach the skin to. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then once you do that, usually your computer crashes and I have like the, the blue screen of death character. So, <laughs> so, you know, they're all like in this like cassette case and you take them out. Um, I actually like named them too. So, uh, so this is Max Mocap. Nice. He's just, you know, Mocap man. And then we have Riggs Kinetic because he's a kinematic rig. It's really cool. He has like spot mirror effects on his uh, skeleton mm-hmm. and everything else is like, you know, just glossy. And then here's uh, Mr. Blue Screen. And it's funny because like if you like, it's hard to kind of see, but like his uh, his torso text is like the, the Windows 1998 uh, Blue Screen of Death text. So it's like the problem has been detected. Windows has been shut down, yada, yada. And then on like his arms and his legs, there's just like binary code that translate to the word error. <laughs> and yeah. And um, right now I'm uh yeah. So I only made 25. I want it to be kind of like a limited drop just to kind of like show like, here's like what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Here's like what I plan to do. And um, right now I'm working on like a special gift that is included with every order. And it's like really exciting. Like I think this special gift is like, cooler than the product itself so i'm excited to ship those out i mm-hmm. just don't want to spoil it though because i mean it'll probably be like another week or two before they ship mm-hmm. but yeah yeah and it's also it's cool because they're like they're trading cards like you know people do trading cards but i want there to be like a trading card that you can like physically like hold and play with mm-hmm. it's also cool they have like little hooks on their hands so like they connect together and like you can build like all kinds of like crazy like like stacks of them mm-hmm. and shit and also it's just like you know like it all ties together because it's like a stress toy it's like you know fidget spinners and fidget cubes are like this huge thing but like there's no branding behind it it's just a like it's just a fucking doohickey yeah. and this is like you know it's like a stress relieving toy because you know like the clicking and shit but also it's like you know this could be different characters like you know what if every single music video i do there's like you can get like a collectible figure of the um of the artist so it's like mm-hmm. if you're a fan of my work you can have this whole thing on your desk of like like this big like stack of like all your favorite <laughs> artists mm-hmm. and yeah so yeah that's pretty much it when it comes to these um i, I want to you know do these until i have enough like money and buzz to like create my own figures because you know i don't want everything i do to be some sort of like nostalgia like a like a nostalgia hack or whatever mm-hmm. like i want to you know create stuff from scratch this is just kind of like, you know, hey, look, I want to make toys. This is what I've made. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when I first saw those, like you said, it was like a deep memory. Like, I haven't even thought about those toys in like 10 plus years. Um, but I was like, oh, wait, I, I know those. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're saying they're from McDonald's. That's probably where I got like all mine from. Yeah. Um, and that's cool because I was very curious on how you did that. And, you know, uh, it was really interesting to hear that story of you actually 
looked up and like found out the copyright had expired and then just <laughs> went on eBay and bought really cheap collections whenever you could and have like 400 literally um and then just kind of you know did it by yourself uh, you know more uh you know not like a manufacturer but more just kind of you know solo you know just doing it uh, like that Absolutely. so that's you know really cool to hear that story um i'm trying to think uh i i mean i think in five ten years from now with the game boy games and all the stackable figures you're gonna have like the coolest office collector's room <laughs> with, literally with all that stuff um so that's awesome um and i mean you kind of mentioned you know want to get into figures and stuff in the future uh, but is there anything related to that or even more just like clothing or something um, more physical products that you are interested in making that you can talk about uh, yeah i have like pages and pages <laughs> it's just like a matter of like doing it so like at some point, like I, I do want to get into jewelry and it, it, it's funny, like it's funny how I got into this. It's like, so I was, I was VJing this event, like I say like a couple years ago and I have this like external hard, hard drive that has like all of my content on mm-hmm. it. So it's just like a bunch of loops that I've made. So it's like, oh, this song is, sounds like heavy as fuck. I'm going to put on this like, this like metal skull that like I rendered that's like headbanging mm-hmm. or something. And I was doing this show and like my hard drive just started kind of like corrupting or like it wasn't loading. Like my hard drive just like crashed on me and I was like, fuck, like there's like hundreds of people in this audience. Mm -hmm. And now I only have like 15 clips to work with as opposed to a hundred. So I was like, shit, this can never, ever, ever happen again. So I was like, how can I make sure that like this never, ever happens again? Like I need to like get a flash drive and like make it like an extension of my body. So I never lose like any of my clips. So then like, literally like a month after the show, I decided to like get my ear pierced. And then I went and bought like a little, like uh, a little, like tiny little flash drive mm-hmm. and like a little hook. And I made this little, like this little like flash drive mm-hmm. earring that has like all of my content on it. So like if I'm ever at an event and like, I can't find my content, that's just got like my whole library on it. And I started thinking like, Oh shit, like this is kind of cool. I could make like a line of functional jewelry and I have like a bunch of ideas. I don't want to like share yeah. all of them, but like, I, this is just like a little like random idea I had the other day. So like I found this old, uh, it's like a little like aux converter. Mm-hmm. So like I want to make like an earring that's just like this bottom part that this can like clip into. So it's like a detachable earring that serves like a function. Mm-hmm. But also like then like, you know, if you take this off, you still have just the aux jack as an earring. So then like you can put like your dongle on it or something. And you know, I started getting really into the idea of like uh, – like functional jewelry um and also like accessories that allow you to like interact with the music videos like i have like some crazy ideas for like ways you can like get like a product that allows you to like interact with the video on your screen but it's i don't want to like i don't want to like share it yet because i want it to be a surprise but um yeah so i started playing with that like i think like when i started like, like i don't know i had this little like earring phase i made this uh I like 3D printed like the first Bionicle mask I ever got. So like I got the little like blue McDonald's Bionicle mm-hmm. guy. And then like I found like this dude online who like 3D modeled like every single Bionicle piece. So you can like build like digital yeah. versions and like extracted this one mask, converted it, and then like shrunk it and like print it in like sterling silver. So I made that little guy. Um, back to the whole like um, content or like physical content that plays into the music video itself. Um during COVID, I got really obsessed with like animation cell collecting. Like, um, like behind me, I have like 
two sketches from Samurai Jack. So like this one's like from the episode where like he loses his sandals and then like this shoemaker starts designing all these different shoes for him that give him different abilities. Mm-hmm. And these are like the sharp high heels. Then this is like the Scotsman from Samurai Jack. This is like from the episode where he, uh, where Samurai Jack gets brainwashed by sirens and uh, the Scotsman has to save mm-hmm. him. Like I kind of got like a best of that idea of like, wow, like before like the early 2000s when everything was digital, like everything was like physically handmade. And I started like rewatching shows and realizing like, damn, like when I watched like when I watch like an old version, like an old episode of the Simpsons, like Ed, Ed and Eddie, like I can literally see the shadow from the cell on the background. And like all of a sudden now, like when I watch the shows, like I could literally see like the individual like brush marks and shit. Mm-hmm. And I was, damn, that's so cool. Like, like, you know, I remember watching this episode and I was like four or five years old and like it played a lot into like who I am today. Cause it's, you know, like Samurai Jack was like one of my biggest influences. And like, so now this to me is like a holy artifact. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, like to watch like a piece of media that you connect with and then own a piece of it. That's like a really cool thing. But like, Nowadays, it's impractical to like, you know, physically paint a cell. So I started thinking about like, how can I do something like this, but like in my own way? And, you know, I'm, you know, I love like Lone Wolf and um, this one artist, Winston Hacking, who does um, like collage animations. So I started kind of like playing with that idea. And then I I came up with this like nuts idea. I call them roto cards at the, at, at the moment. Um, I don't know when I'm going to release these. I don't know if I'm going to like do this in a bunch of music videos for like a year and then release booster packs or if I'll release them per video. Mm-hmm. But like I started playing with the idea of like paper cutout frames Ooh. and then putting them in card, card, uh, card protectors. So like, here's like three of my logo. And like, you know, if you like play these three frames, it just kind of like jiggles. So like, I want to make, like, I want to like take like certain little sequences and frames and music videos and like make them animated on paper and then like sell like the actual little like cards of them so you can own like the physical piece from the video like here's like a little have this like animation of a um of a uh as you call it like a piranha plant or something so like here's just like a little uh mm-hmm. so here's like you know some like plants that i designed mm-hmm. and then um here's like another one i have right here and it's and i you know, I kind of like played, like I did some little tests with it and I found that like when you put them in these cards and like you scan them, if you have them layered because of the protective case, it adds this like depth of field of effect to it. Mm-hmm. And then also like I've always loved the idea of like, you know, in Photoshop you have different layers and After Effects you have different layers. So it's like art pieces that have different layers that you can put in like a shadow box or even like combine to make your own little scenes. So like, you know, you could take like this guy right here and then you put like a fire frame in front of it and then a fire frame behind it. And now you have this whole little like 3d collection thing and like in the bottom, there's like a little code. So like I like cut them. So like each one is numbered so you can like see like the code of that sequence. Then also like, so when I'm scanning them, I know which one's which. So, you know, I want to do these little like cards for music videos at some point. And then like, I want to put little like, like QR codes on them so you can like scan it and like pull up the video, tell you exactly what frame it is, how many views it has, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, I just want to get them in the hands of as many people as possible. But you know, that's like a future uh, thing I want to mess with. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, 
Yeah, like you know, I have like a bunch of products like planned out. It's just I don't want to um, talk about them until they're complete. Yeah. But yeah, I just I love the idea of like something that's in the music video you can like physically own, like, kind of crossing that gap. But yeah, those those are all my plans at the moment. I'd love to like like I don't really have an interest in getting into clothing. So I've never really been into designing clothes. You know, I want to kind of like stand out and do like my own thing where everything's like a physical product or an accessory. And then, um, I, but I would love to at some point like collab with like streetwear brands where like I design, I design like a toy of their character and then they design a shirt or something of my brand. Mm-hmm. And so that way it's kind of like this like collab drop. So I'd, you know, I'd love to collab and do clothes, but you know, I, I do want to kind of like stick with uh, physical products for the moment. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that, I mean, I'll kind of talk about everything here, but, uh, yeah, I was curious as if in the background, if those were sales, um, so it's really <laughs> cool to kind of hear the story and, uh, have Samurai Jack, which I mean, I haven't watched in a long time. I do want to rewatch it, but I mean, yeah, I grew up with it, um, and collecting animation cells is something that I want to get into and collect here, uh, sometime in the future. So that's you know, really cool to kind of, you know, hear you not only talk about your love for the cartoon, but your love for the whole process and i really like how you've been able to find ways to take something you know digital or something on a screen and translate it into a physical product like the you know trading cards but it's animation cells that's such a cool idea you know something to think about but i mean just seeing that it worked so well and you know being able to have trading cards that can interact with each other and you know you have a little stand or something you can change it out um, so I'm you know, definitely super excited to see, you know, how that'll evolve when, you know, when those come out. Oh yeah. One, sorry. One quick thing. I do want to play a lot more the idea of like lenticular prints. Mm-hmm. Like one thing that like about film is like, there's no way to like film and animation have like time and mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like, you know, it has to exist on a physical screen, but I feel like, you know, lenticular prints, I feel like could be like, I just see it being like this huge wave soon. Cause like, you know, 3d artists could have like a 3d version of their character or like, you know, trading cards with these on them. Like mm-hmm. I have, like, I have this idea for a trading card that's on like a medium. That's like, I don't think has ever been done before. And like, I don't want to like share yeah. it yet, but it, it's going to be crazy <laughs> once I do like the first run. And then also, I mean, I obviously noticed the earring there the whole time, but I just thought it was like, you know, cool. looks like a USB, but to hear <laughs> that the whole story behind it and you're like, I need to find a way where this never happens again. And to you know, yeah. have something like you said, that's practical that you have with you all the time. So uh, that's really cool to hear the story behind that and how literally like all your contents there. So you never even have to worry about that. You know, you don't have to have everything taking up space on your phone and then back it up. Uh, and then, oh, your exactly. phone dies. You just always have that. <laughs> so I think that's really cool. And I can't wait to see. I mean, you kind of talked about some of the other stuff um, that you have planned, but uh, <clears throat> everything with that, you know, useful jewelry, you know, practical jewelry that you can, you know, use um, for a variety of different uh, uses. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> I guess uh, <clears throat> I was going to ask how you overcome creative slumps but it seems like you have uh, you know a million different ideas and always something new to work on um that's literally one of the creative slumps though to be honest Mm -hmm. because it's like there's the things that i need to be doing and like you know a lot of artists will tell you like oh i want to um like if i get like if i'm like feeling uninspired i'll go work on my own art Mm -hmm. and then feel inspired and come back my issue is i'll like hit a creative slump go work on my own stuff and then all of a sudden that's my new obsession (laughs) And then, and then I start like another thing and that's my new obsession. And it's like, 
I'll be honest, I don't know how I like get over creative slumps. It's just like as an artist, I'm always just like chasing the dopamine. Like whatever I can focus on, I focus on. But you know, my priorities are always out of whack. It's like I don't really have any skills for that. It's just kind of like deal with it when it happens. And mm-hmm. I haven't. I don't know. I know. I need to figure out some techniques, but like I have some really bad habits when it comes to like creative slumps. Mm-hmm. I say, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have creative slumps, but uh, you know, kind of like you, it's more like a priorities thing. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, I really need to work on like the website and like pushing these, like figuring out the products and exactly what I want to do. But then I'm like, oh, but this video that I started on is really cool. And, you know, that's kind of more exciting me right now. So then I'll go and spend the whole evening working on that video. And it's like, oh, probably should have worked on that. But, you know, in the end, it's it's not life or death. So it'll it'll be OK. But, <laughs> exactly. um, but I guess uh, lastly, uh, is there anything that you want to add, maybe talk about? Um, I think you mentioned before we started that you have some stuff coming up that you wanted to uh, kind of talk about or announce, if you want to kind of mention that now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so like the the, the um, like, well, the announcement is just basically like the secret gift that's going to come with these VFX next orders. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I'll just like just let I'll, – uh, I'll let the orders go out and then people will share it and then I'll announce it. But uh, – and I want to keep it a secret for now. Um, I do want to plug some uh, some resources that are extremely helpful. So, if you're a filmmaker or an aspiring filmmaker, and you're like, if you're, I think it's 20 years of age or younger, I highly recommend uh, looking up the International Youth Silent Film Festival. It's uh, makes I think it's makesilentfilm.com. It's this like international contest that. Um, I would recommend any creative who's like under the age of 20 to enter. Mm -hmm. And basically like they give you like a three minute soundtrack for like, I think like six different genres and you choose one, you make a short film to that soundtrack and then you submit it. And if your film gets selected for screening, they'll play it in like an old theater with like an actual pipe organ. Mm -hmm. And there'll be like a, this dude, Nathan Avaki and like sitting there like playing (laughs) a fucking full ass like like he'll play like he'll play like the song on an actual organ while mm-hmm. your video is playing screen. so that's like a really cool experience and if you place in it you know you get to make like a lot of connections and go to a lot of uh you get to like tour some studios and you know do a lot of really cool things so like i'd recommend anyone to look into that uh, another thing is if you're interested in physical products or you know, jewelry, manufacturing, 3D printing, any sort of like physical creative process. Um, I would look up Makerspace or Hackerspace because there's one usually in every major city. So like most major cities have this like this community space called a Makerspace where Mm -hmm. you go there and they have like 3D printers, sewing machines, um, welding like wood shops like jewelry stations like any sort of tool you could possibly imagine they have there and when you go there and like if you decide to become a member it's usually like like a 50 buck a month fee like it's different for each state but like if you know if you go there agree with them you get access to this studio 24 7 and all this equipment and they have people there who like train you how to use it Mm -hmm. so it's like it's literally almost like trade school for a sense. Like if you wanted to learn how to weld, you could go there and take welding lessons mm-hmm. and then people will be there to help you. And also it's just like a really cool community because you're surrounded by like, you know, like people into cosplay, uh, mechanical engineers, 
uh, computer professors, like all kind, like you're just surrounded by all these like brilliant minds who are all like trying to create shit and you can just like, you know, bounce ideas off each other, like ask for help or anything. So like, I highly recommend anyone to like, who's into that stuff to look it up because it is like a life changing resource. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my college, I don't know how common it is, but my college has a maker space in the library. Uh, and yeah, it has like 3d printers, um, sewing machine, soldering irons, just all kinds of different creative tools. Um, and it's free for students. Um, and there's always different people there. And like you said, other creatives um, that you can connect with. Um, so if anybody listening is at a college um, or even just, you know, in the local community, there's could be something, you know, some sort of version of that um, to look for. And I know like for me, uh, <clears throat> I mentioned earlier how I was a business major, but last year I was talking to uh, one of my professors, like right before I started the podcast and she, uh, we were just having a little meeting about it and she emailed someone over in the, uh, like tech department, uh, like the, the film, uh, degree department, whatever. Uh, and she was able to real quick, get us a meeting and I got to go over there and he showed me all the podcast equipment. And even though I didn't work for this work for them or like make content for them, he's like, Hey, you know, students can come here regardless and check out a camera check out um, mics and like professional equipment. Um, <clears throat> and so I ended up not doing that just cause I have like a nice computer and, you know, I can just film with my phone and a mic and stuff, but it's still really cool to see that that resource is available. Um, and so, I mean, I know specifically for colleges, um, there's probably some sort of resource like that on your campus. Um, so I would just, you know, send an email to someone that's in that department and if they can't help you, they can probably send you to someone who can, um, so I think that is important to kind of know that there are a lot of resources out there, um, not just online, but probably in your local community as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. And also, um, if you do want to learn, uh, visual effects, um, videocopilot.net, uh, is a really good resource. I learned a lot of, uh, VFX stuff from that. Um, you know, of course, Corridor Digital is great. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, but they're like, you know, they're kind of like the main like VFX channel on YouTube right now. But I mean, the way they break down stuff, that's really cool. Um, trying to think of any other resources. Um, yeah, it's everything I can think of. I mean, YouTube is a gold mine. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. We talked for over an hour here. So there's definitely a lot to learn. And I appreciate you taking the time. Um, so thank you for coming on. If you guys enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe, uh, follow Alex, um, <clears throat> comment what you want to see in the future, but thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.